Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Happy Christmas morning, everyone. Yes, happy Christmas, Jack. Thank you, and happy Christmas, David. I'm Jack Ward with David Alt here, hoping you're all having a lovely time with family or friends today. And if not, please welcome us into your homes this holiday. We'll bring the cider and audio eggnog with a very special episode. But first, we're at the end of another year. Yes. Any thoughts on your year uh, and what? 2023 might look like, David? Wow, well, 2022 has been quite an interesting one, really, hasn't it? We keep saying that from uh, the, the year before. I, I know, and it seems to get more and more mm-hmm. true every year. We live in the time of, yeah. of uh, Chinese curses. Indeed so, that's just what I was thinking. <laughs> Yes. Well, if I'm looking back on my year, one of the highlights was going to Comic-Con in London. Oh, and, tell uh, me about that. I've with... never been to Comic-Con and I always wanted to go. Oh, wow. Well, so um, I was uh, invited there by Travis Van Groff of Fool and Scholar Productions. Wonderful Travis And uh, he and I, he is, wonder- is a yes. really, really lovely guy. Uh, an amazing editor. He's just He just produces these incredible soundscapes yes. and and everything yeah great producer great stories i love travis's stuff yeah brilliant um so yeah we we went there to do a panel on uh, audio drama so how to how to get your audio drama from first thoughts and ideas through to actually carrying on after the first series or the first episode wow. so now that was that was a lot of fun uh but the rest of comic con now so i was at I was down at the Excel Centre in London a few weeks beforehand for New Scientist Live, which was uh, looking at planetarium stuff, stars and uh, advances in science all over the place. And that was in one of the halls at uh, the Excel, and it was you know, reasonably large. The Comic-Con took up 14 of those halls. Oh it was huge, and you, you needed to take about 40 minutes 40, 45 minutes just to walk around without even looking at anything. That's... And if, you, if you were just doing a, a little skim through to see what was there, that's about how long it would take. But if you, if you actually stopped to check on various different things, then it would be way more than that. So that was a... It was, but, yeah, the, the range of stall holders was incredible. The artwork on display, the, the cosplay on display, people were were all decked out in so many different um so many different genres of character from horror to sci-fi to fantasy all this sort of thing and it was just a blaze of color and sound everywhere and it boggles my mind just you just thinking about it i couldn't imagine being there that's i think they said that there would be about forty thousand people there Wow. I think it was something something absolutely amazing like that. So how many Comic-Cons have they had in London, do you know? I have no idea, I'm afraid. 
Uh, but that was it's usually in in the states where it mm. starts. So this is sort of moved out as a, as a convention. Yeah. So, so th- this was my first one anyway. And uh, nice. Travis and I were with the Backwater Bastards. Um, that is their name. <laughs> um, and uh, we were sort of promoting audio drama and and podcasting. So we uh, we talked to a lot of people about maybe getting getting everything into their ears. Wow! Did you get a a good turnout of people interested very very good turnout yes yes a lot of people interested we i i was well i don't know the stats for fool and scholar but uh, we certainly got a bump when it came to uh, shadows at the door wonderful uh from from being there That's fantastic. so that was that was good and we also dropped in the sonic society into our panel as as a place where people can uh, send their audio once they've finished it to get it to a bigger audience well, thank you because we're always on the lookout for for modern audio drama i really appreciate that and that could be the reason why suddenly i had more people send me stuff through email they didn't mention that's where it came from but i had people who would come up and say I have this show. Would you like to put it on the Sonic Society? And one of those people is today's show. So wow. that's very cool. And I've been holding on to that for a couple of months. So that's very cool as well. In fact, speaking of conventions and, and such, um, I don't know if we've had the opportunity to sit down, to hold your feet to the fire and ask you both personally and professionally, <laughs> can you and would you be interested in being the main draw for MadCon 3. I want to make it the European slash uh, UK edition. Mm. I guess. I'd like to have it all hosted and run by people. And I mean, I'll be there at this time because I, 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 oh, I will brilliant. have the time. Hooray! So I can help out on the technical <laughs> side of things and as, as your, your correspondent from the colonies. <laughs> but I'm hoping that this can be mostly folks from England and Europe. And, and I would love to, to spend you know, all of next week in January or something before I start my next master's chatting with you about who we can sort of tag and ask to be a part of and start building our panels for for the the weekend of July to do an online version. Do you feel good about that? Is that a good idea? Absolutely, yes. Uh, there was actually an audio drama small conference that was held down in High Wycombe. Uh, in Buckinghamshire, yeah, that has had the the usual British suspects. So it was uh, yes, um, Sarah Golding, yes. uh, Karim Cronfley, and uh, a whole host of other people. So that was uh, mid November. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to oh. go down for that. Uh, Maybe was, we can invite them over yeah, for it's, the it's July MadCon, and we can rectify that problem. Absolutely, yes, I still, and, and, we can get and every... I'm I'm putting my 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 name out there. I know uh, I want to go. And be with you in England mm-hmm. for the for the twentieth anniversary of the Sonic Society. Oh wow! That's my plan: is to come out to to take some time, maybe record in late August for mm-hmm. the beginning of that show, and come right. and see you. And because we're we're going to be starting season nineteen in twenty twenty three, and that means in twenty twenty four. Yep. If you would care for somebody bunking out on a corner of your property or something that would be that would a corner be... of my property yes there's a tree down at <laughs> yes. the bottom of the garden there you, you go stand. <laughs> i will share with the fairy tree um yeah <laughs> no that would be uh, a lovely and so those are those are yeah. things that i would like to see coming up and maybe we can have a, a live 
uh, Sonic Society with the two you and I. I don't care if it's at a pub or you know what I mean. But <laughs> invite some people and have a great sort of premiere start with some live yeah. show stuff, which is great. I, I I will note down August 2024 in my diary. Thank you very much, because <laughs> who knows where any of us will be at that time? But if we can sort of pencil that in or pen that in right now, that would be lovely. So that was, yes. Now, have you been doing much with uh, No Sleep Podcast this past year or? Well, yeah, this this past year um, has been quite good in terms of uh, audio drama because I've managed to get on a few more. I've uh, sneaked into a few a few other places. One of the big results, the great results is uh, finally getting on the Amelia Project. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So did that. How, uh, How did you go about that? Uh, I had spoken to them at a previous Pod UK, uh, okay. the UK podcasting convention, um, which we had two years, and then of course everything in 2020 happened. Um, sure. And uh, yes, yeah, so I I was aware of them; they were aware of me, and uh, the the planets finally aligned so that uh, they they had the right character for me. Which episode are you in? If for those who would like to especially look for it. I, I'm somewhere... Uh, I, I don't know when the release date is. Oh, okay. Okay. So Let yeah. us know when you do know. That would be great. I will do. Uh, and otherwise, there was the Silt Versus. Uh, I've got on to Wobegon. Oh, nice. Um, had a little time with Tiny Terrors. All sorts of other places. Uh, Seance is a new audio drama from uh, Harlan Guthrie of uh, malevolent fame uh yeah just a a a whole load of different places where i'm just trying to get in there (laughs) i'm a guthrie too you know maybe we're related at some point ah yes well he's he's canadian there you go my grandmother ward is a guthrie was a guthrie Ah, so that yeah we're we're actually guthries are a lot more closely related than than most people would realize i'll have to check that out yes very cool malevolence a fun show we had that on a little while ago as well yeah yeah very Very good sounds like you've been very busy i've kept myself uh, off the streets yes 2023 going to be just as busy for you here's hoping here's hoping you don't have too much (laughs) in your in your calendar yet or or can you talk uh, about most of Not as it? yet. So um, if anyone is listening and wants me in their audio drama, just let me know. Well, you know I do. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Once I can get writing. That was, that's my, my, you know, my 2022 is a bit of a wash for me in a lot of audio drama stuff. There hasn't mm. been a whole lot that I've done because I've been really, really busy doing the masters. And every time I tell people that I'm doing a masters in just a little over a year, they're like, and you're working full time, and I'm, yes. Are you yes. insane? Yes. I, I did ask you this. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why I said everybody, not even just you. So you feel. Yep. Like, but I really, I really want to get this done in in good order for for many many reasons. So pray for me as my last two courses are starting in just a week's time, uh, or we, wow. a little over a week, I should say, and I will be going till uh, mid April. But then I will be done. And then my my world once again belongs to audio drama. And I'm looking at making all kinds of changes in job issues and in a location of where I live, moving mm-hmm. to a place hopefully that I is much more from my childhood in many ways. So I'm, I'm it's going to be a brand new chapter in a bunch of ways. And I'm very excited about a bunch of stuff. I 
generally what ends up happening is when I'm really stressed with other things, my writing brain goes explodes with whole bunches of ideas and <laughs> that has happened in spades and so i have about four or five movie scripts that i'm going to be working on as well um thanks oh. to the encouragement of uh, jerry robbins from colonial radio theater who's doing very well in hollywood oh wow i'm going yeah he's he's had several uh scripts sold brilliant my, my plan is is to try to do the same but my my hope is really just to get to sell the script and and pay off, you know any any property that I would buy and you know put some away here and stuff like that. I have mm-hmm. no no desire to become like super popular writer in that respect. <laughs> I do want to finish writing some novel stuff and some short stories. I've got a ton of great works that I'm just aching to finish off a lot and most of its audio drama i have to tell you i've got a ton of that in in the works as well <laughs> and for those people who are like well what about the you know will we hear any of these movie scripts and audio drama yes uh one of the big jumps i'd like to do is i want to and i've talked to other the mutual people about this and i want to release a show I've been really inspired lately by Mutual Radio Theater that we put mm-hmm. on on uh, Mutual Presents once in a while. And they used to do um, very, very, very nice stage um, adaptations and sta- new original stuff. And I like the idea of doing two hour or an hour and a half long audio drama movies that could be uh, adapted into uh, an actual movie itself so many of these scripts that i'm going to be writing as movie scripts i'm going to be starting and and testing their case and testing them out as an audio drama on this particular thing that i'm calling mutual stage and Mm. uh, i'm opening it up to anybody who wants to write for mutual stage we're going to try and and release a brand new mutual stage once a month once we get going and mm-hmm. uh, Pete Lutz already, of course, has lined up four or five things that he would like to do. Pete has a tendency to want to uh, retell uh, public domain st- classics, and that's great mm. too because those would be wonderful. I certainly also I may end up starting off with my Shakespearean uh, play that I've been working on for a while, um, and that might be the first one out of the gate, which will be kind of fun. That may never be a movie, um, but it will be um, a, a real joy for me to write in the Bard's style and to write some, a, a comedy in, in that same fashion. So um, The Gift of Venice is the name of that particular uh, play, and uh-huh. I will absolutely be tapping you for uh, a role. I have had you in mind for for. For several roles, I thought David could play all of these, but in, <laughs> instead of having a one-man show, I should really figure out which one would be best for him and which one he'd have the most fun with. So, I will have, to, will have to talk about that. Lots of things to look forward to, but I think we should probably get back to opening presents and everything, of course, uh, and especially the audio presents that we have for you this year. We have a special world release of the Holiday Spirit from Will Anderson and Stacey Patterson, and a retelling of A Gift from the Magi from Odyssey. The audio works with Richard Summers, Tonya Maloyevich, Josh Price, and Amy Price. And our two features begin right here on the Sonic Society. The Holiday Spirit by Will Anderson. 
And that was the last time I ever, uh, what were we talking about? Knock it off, Clay. You're just making stuff up like you always do. Quit flapping your gums and throw another phone book on the fire. We plumb out of phone books, Joe. Well, there's got to be something around here. Well, looky what I found. Hey, Joe, be careful with that. It's the only thing I... It's the only what? Thing you got left from when you was a big star? I didn't believe that story then, and I do not believe it now. As for this, gonna be kindling in just a second. No, please. Dang it, Clay, call off your cur dog. Easy there, boy. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna put the guitar down. That right, ain't it, Joe? Yeah, yeah, stupid dog letting us freeze to death. Why do you keep that thing around anyhow? The dog or the guitar? The guitar, you dolt. Man, I told you I was was the king of bro country. Bro country? Where's that? Imagine a place. Where the beer's always cold and the swimming hole stocked full of hot and cold running women's. That's bro country. Ain't no place like that. You're just making stuff up like always. Yeah, you're right. Hey, hey, look. Look, I found another phone book. Well, throw it on before we freeze to death. Yeah, it's better. But nah, man, really, I I used to be someone. (laughs) Sure you were, big old singing star. Why don't you just bust something out? Tell you what, I'll hand bone for you. No, I mean, I, I was... Yeah, I thought so. Big music man. Go on, take your gift box and get out of here. Hey, man, but we... Get out of here. Come on, man. I thought we were friends. I'm sick of your thinking. Now go, go, get on. You get going or I'm going to carve you up. Okay, okay, I'm going. Just... That's right, go on. Brrr. And don't let me catch either of you two coming back here again. Brrr. And don't forget your stupid guitar. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. Tiger. Y'all okay, boy? Oh, man, it looks like he got you good with that. Excuse me for stepping in, but that dog looks hurt. Shrewd observation, partner. Well, you're some kind of vet, are you? Oh, indeed I am. Let's get him inside my clinic here. Okay, but I I ain't got no money. Neither does he, but we got to get him patched up. Come on, pick him up. Let's go. Heads up, everyone. We've got an emergency here. Claire, get me a sterile pack and prep the op room. Candace, get my scrubs. Holy cow, you really are a doctor. Look, I'd like to chat, but I've got a dog to save. All right, get me suited up. I know, boy. We're going to make everything okay, and that's a Monty Morton guarantee. Claire, hand me the vac extractor. Now get me the sutures. Okay, boy, this is going to sting a little. Okay, pass me the anti-vac. Now, a little bit more, and there, done. How you feeling, boy? He should be fine, but I'd like to keep him here overnight for observation. Sure, but how can I thank you? I ain't got no money. Look, cowboy, I'm not in this profession for the money. It's the... At least you got one thing right today, Dr. Morton. And along those lines, cough up your mortgage payment. Because unlike you, I don't relish the idea of being a non-profit entity. I've told you, Snurdly, I will get it to you. Well, that's the very thing. I tire of waiting. I'll give you until the close of business at five tonight, or otherwise it'll be curtains for your little pet hotel here. But that's over $3,000. There's no way that I can... I know. Just as I know there's been a lot of interest in this location by Vape Master LLC. But this town already has so many vape stores. I'm the only independent veterinarian in the county. Lols. When was the last time that one of those critters created any jobs for anyone other than you and your freeloading clinic people? But you know what? Maybe you're right. There's already a vape store across the street... 
Perhaps this place has more of a cash advance store vibe. Not a cash advance store. Those places are known to charge interest above the 29.9% annual rate that had been the historic threshold for criminal usury. Ah, enough of your cursed liberal arts education. You have until five tonight to get the money or else. (laughs) Thanks for fixing up Tiger. Sorry I can't get you any money. It's fine. Even if I did charge you the going rate of $600 for the surgery, I'd still need, uh, five other operations to get done today. That just isn't likely. Wow, you sure can do math fast. Did they teach you that in vet school? No, I've always been pretty good at math like that. Jeez, I'm here lucky. I wish I could have met you before I spent that advance I got when I signed on to Ranger Records. Wait a minute. That's why you look so familiar. You're the golden voice of the High Plains, Clay Magruder. No, sir, that ain't me anymore. I'm just plain old Clay these days. But you were the biggest country singer ever. Well, maybe. But that's just a hat that didn't fit real good. See, I just couldn't face myself in the mirror with all them people saying how great I was. And then the bank came and took my songs. Huh? Yep. I might have been the breeze behind the golden voice of the high plains, but the words and melodies belong to Song Pluggers Incorporated. And they said if they ever caught me singing them songs without paying them their cut, well, let's just say things was going to get ugly. Well, I might be losing my vet practice, in which I invested every last nickel of the settlement I got after my mom and dad were lost in that pleasure cruise accident. But at least I got to meet you, golden voice of the High Plains, Clay Magruder. Well, shucks. Now you done made me feel all guilty and all. Maybe there is something I can do for you. What would that possibly be? I'm going to set up outside, and I'm going to... I'm going to busk you up that money you need. Wow. That's a really kind offer, golden voice of the High Plains, Clay Magruder. But how are you going to raise that kind of money in less than three hours? Well, we can stand here a-talking, or we can get a-moving. What do you say, boy? That's the spirit. Let's get to it. Why, hello there, neighbor. Quite the pile of laundry you have there. Oh, hello, Lois. No, no, Lois, I can take care of this. Martha Pember, what kind of neighbor would I be if I didn't lend a hand? Well, honestly, I could use the help. I've been so busy trying to get the house all neat and tidy for Winslow. He just called to say he's bringing Mr. Hager home with him for dinner and... Well, my gracious, what do you plan to make? I don't know. I have some chicken, but I don't know if that's fancy enough for his boss. Nonsense. Not when you've got the sizzle of safely sunflower cooking oil on your side. Fried chicken on a Tuesday? That's right. Safely Sunflower cooking oil makes every meal taste good, just like Sunday dinner. And fast, too. Safely Sunflower cooking oil sounds like just the ticket, but I don't have time to go to the store. No need. You can borrow mine. I never go anywhere without it. Honey, I'm home. and We're hungry. Coming, dear. Now go in there and get cooking. It's time to save the day. Sounds like Safely Sunflower Cooking Oil's the one to save the day here. (laughs) Safely Sunflower Cooking Oil makes everything you cook taste like Sunday dinner. Get a can today. Welcome back, friends, to the second act of The Holiday Spirit, 
when an evil landlord announced his plans to close down kindly veterinarian Monty Morton's veterinary clinic if he could not make the rent payment by five o'clock that afternoon, we saw our hero, the golden voice of the High Plains, Clay Magruder, hatch a plan to raise the money and save the clinic. The only problem being that he has been forbidden by his former record label from performing any of the hits that made him the famous golden voice of the High Plains. Seems like a tall order for him to overcome. Can he save the clinic? Let's join him and see how he's doing. Hobo Stew, it's what's for you. Warms you on through, I'll make some for you. Have some Hobo Stew. Woo! Thank you. Thank you very much. How's the kettle looking, Monty? 11, 12. Well, I wouldn't have believed it, but with just four of your songs, we've already made a little over $900 here. Well, shucks. That ain't nearly enough to pay your rent. We need to make, um... $2,088. Dang. That's amazing. Well, not really. You just subtract 12 from 100 and... I mean, you do that in your head? Darn near sorcery, if you ask me. Not really. I mean, instead of 12, you could just round it to 10, which subtracted from 100 is... Sorcery! But now it looks like I'm gonna have to pull out the big guns. You don't mean... Yep. Ladies and gents, I'm gonna play something from my back catalog. A little number maybe y'all remember. It goes something like... Stop right there. <sighs> Who's interrupting my song? Oh man, it's that darn polecat landlord of yours. That's right, Cowboy Joe. And I've been on the phone with some lawyers from Song Pluggers Incorporated who have taken a great interest in your situation here. In fact, wait a second, they have something else to say. Uh-huh. 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 Yes, I will let him know. Well, I guess so, but that will chew up some of my cellular minutes. Oh, all right. In case you haven't put two and two together... Dang it! What is this, National Math Day? <clears throat> As I was saying, my numerically challenged friend... I ain't your friend, you ornery sidewinder. Will you please stop interrupting me as I attempt to taunt you? Are you done? Okay, good. As I was saying, that was the attorneys from Song Pluggers Incorporated who have instructed me to inform you that they will be laying claim to any monies you generate from performing any songs from your canon of your hits. Uh, excuse me, I suppose I should be saying your canon of their hits. So go ahead, play your heart out. You'll never make enough to save all the little puppies and kittens. Don't worry about it, boy. We ain't gonna let that slimy old claim jumper jump our claim. No, sir. Now, as I was saying, what song is it you want to hear? Well, I suppose if you're taking requests, I was always fond of Tighten Them Lug Nuts Good, Boys. I'm a rolling back on home. Well, doggies, I ain't played that one in years. Uh, yeah, let me think. Of, put that finger there. And, and then that one there. No. Ah, if I could interrupt for a second. Who are you, man? I'm trying to play for these people here. Well, perhaps you'd like to hear what I have to say. Well, you don't keep on talking, so why don't you just spill your story and get it over with? Indeed, my good man. My name is J. Michael Cadwalls III. In case you cannot tell by my affable demeanor, I am an exorbitantly rich man. Watch this. You there. Who, me? Yes, you. 
Here's a thousand dollars. Ask your attorney friends if that suffices to hold them in abeyance for this man's performance of their materials. Um, yeah, he appears to be on the level. Um, sure, gotcha. They accept your proposal. Well, of course they do. Money talks, and the rich always triumph. You remember that, boy. The rich always triumph. Now, here's 200 bucks. Go on and get out of here. Um, certainly, sir. And a good day to you all. Just stop your sniveling and get moving. Now. Now you, music man. I'd like to buy out your contract and have you play at my private holiday party. I'm sorry, sir. That's a mighty kind offer, but I promised my mama and papa that I'd never stoop to playing corporate functions. My good man, no one appreciates a hard bargainer more than I, but your steadfastness has only increased your value. Name your price to play at my soiree. No, sir. I came from the honky-tonks, and that's where I hang my hat. Ain't no money enough to make me go back on the promise to my mama. Well, in that case... Hey, what are, you, what are you doing? I'll just have to grab your dog as a ransom until you agree to play my pool party. He's getting away! <laughs> Not on my watch. Give me that rock. Huh? What? Oh, okay. Hey, buddy. Eat rock. Ugh. Wow. That was amazing. Well, I knew that four years of Division 1A track and field shot put would come in handy someday. And that day is today. Wednesday. Oh, hey, boy. I'm so glad to see you. Hey, what's that you got? He appears to have something in his mouth. Well, I'll be... Well, what is it? Um, never mind. Why don't you just give another try on that Lugnut song? Don't you see? I can't remember how that dang tune goes. No need to get upset, golden voice of the high plains, Clay Magruder. The people just want to hear you sing. I guess I do have a a new little number I've been working on. I've been holding off on playing in public because it's kind of personal, but... Hey, everybody. I got a new song for y'all. It's called Sleeping Out Under the Stars and Thinking About My Baby. Sleeping out under the stars, I'm hearing the horns of the car. My heart beating behind the bars of my ribs. And I'm thinking about my baby, thinking about my baby. Sleeping out under the stars, my pillow smells like daddy's cigars. Across the desert in an old cattle car. King of the rails, I'm thinking about my baby, I'm thinking about my baby. Sleeping out under the stars, I've cried so many tears so far. I wish I could move to Mars or maybe Memphis and stop missing you, baby. Stop missing you, baby. Baby, 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 baby. Thank you very much. Thank you all. Thank you all. Now we're passing that hat. And don't y'all be stingy now. It's all going to a very important cause of saving this guy's critter hospital. Wow, that was amazing. Well, it was singing from the heart. Some woman must have really given you the runaround. Nah, man, I was singing about my baby. 
Oh, she must have been pretty special. Nah, man, I got a, I got a little boy back home. You're a parent? You bet. Well, I guess he's probably not so little anymore. You realize that the ages of zero to five are the most important point in a child's development, right? <laughs> you know doctors. This week it's zero to five. Next week it's going to be spending the teen years with them is the most important time for the kids. Well, to be honest, they're all pretty important. Well, what do they want from me? Probably to step up and be there. Man, you sound just like... Hey, look in the hat. There's a big wad of money. Well, I'll be. I wonder where that came from. Just a holiday miracle, if you ask me. Some miracle. Your dog stole my billfold, and your vet friend here put all my money in your hat. That right, Monty? Yeah, he's right. I just... You just thought you could get away with your chicanery. But you know what? What? Why don't you just go ahead and keep it? Huh? Indeed. If there's one thing that knock on my noggin made me realize, it's that we rich people are steps away from inciting a working class revolt. Huh? Of course you don't understand that, you monosyllabic drooling hick. Hey, them's fighting words, I think. But as I laid there helpless, as your cur dog rifled through the petty cash pocket of my fashionable suit coat vest, I realized that money was a trap. No matter how much you get, you always want more. You can never have enough. And I thought to myself, what better way to get my revenge than to pass that curse on to you? What? But you can have them arrested. You again? <laughs> thought I sent you packing. Oh, never mind. Sure I could, but look at that country buffoon. Arresting him and giving him three hots in a cot would just improve his quality of life. No, sir, I want him to have just enough of the taste of the good life that he'll spend the rest of his days knowing what he's missing. Like my ability to have fried chicken on demand any day of the week. Oh, kind of like that time I flew first class. Dang, it's hard to go back. Just imagine how it feels to have your own plane. You have your own plane? Planes, friend, planes. As I told you, I'm extraordinarily rich. Well, there's my limousine, so I must be going. Good day and good luck with your future endeavors. That, in case you do not recognize it, my rags to riches, then back to rags, friends, is sarcasm, as I do not, in fact, wish you well in your future endeavors. Wow, what an eventful yet strange day. Well, that's what the holidays are for, right, Tiger? You said it, buddy. You said it. <laughs> you have been listening to The Holiday Spirit. The golden voice of the High Plains, Clay Magruder, was played by Eric Cherkover. The kindly veterinarian was played by Steve Kuhn. Ted Clayton played billionaire J. Michael Cadwells III and husband Winslow in the Safely Sunflower Cooking Oil ad. Jeffrey Weinstock played the evil landlord. Tiger the Dog and Martha in the Safely's Sunflower Cooking Oil ad were played by Bernie Sasena. Shelley Hink played Lois in the Safely Sunflower Cooking Oil ad. Josh Brewer played Hobo Joe and transitional narrator in Act Two. The Holiday Spirit was written by Will Anderson and directed by Stacey Pattison. The production was sound engineered by Jim Bolella. Music composed and performed by Eric Churgiver. Special thanks goes out to Bee's Music Shop of Mount Pleasant, Michigan for technical assistance. This project was made possible thanks to grants provided by Central Michigan University's School of Broadcast and Cinematic Arts and College of the Arts and Media. 
Learn more about the many great things available at Central Michigan University's College of the Arts and Media at www.cmich.edu slash colleges slash C-A-M. That's www.cmich.edu slash colleges slash C-A-M. I'm Jeffrey Weinstock. From all of us at the Holiday Spirit, thank you for listening. Captain Radio Productions, in association with Lightning Bolt Theater of the Mind, presents O. Henry's The Gift of the Magi. One dollar and eighty-seven cents. That was all. She'd put it aside, one cent, and then another, and then another, in her careful buying of meat and other food. Della counted it three times. One dollar and eighty-seven cents. And the next day would be Christmas. There was nothing to do but fall on the bed and cry. So Della did it. While the lady of the home is slowly growing quieter, we can look at the home. Furnished rooms at a cost of $8 a week. There's little more to say about it. In the hall below was a letterbox too small to hold a letter. There was an electric bell, but it could not make a sound. Also, there was a name beside the door, Mr. James Dillingham Young. When the name was placed there, Mr. James Dillingham Young was being paid $30 a week. Now, when he was being paid only $20 a week, the name seemed too long and important. It should perhaps have been Mr. James D. Young. But when Mr. James Dillingham Young entered the furnished rooms, his name became very short indeed. Mrs. James Dillingham Young put her arms warmly about him and called him Jim. You've already met her. She is Della. Della finished her crying and cleaned the marks of it from her face. She stood by the window and looked out with no interest. Tomorrow would be Christmas Day, and she had only one dollar and eighty-seven cents with which to buy Jim a gift. She'd put aside as much as she could for months with this result. Twenty dollars a week is not much. Everything had cost more than she'd expected. It always happened like that. Only one dollar and eighty-seven cents to buy a gift for Jim. Her Jim. She'd had many happy hours planning something nice for him, something nearly good enough, something almost worth the honor of belonging to Jim. There was a looking-glass between the windows of the room. Perhaps you've seen the kind of looking-glass that is placed in eight-dollar furnished rooms. It was very narrow. A person could see only a little of himself at a time. However, if he was very thin and moved very quickly, he might be able to get a good view of himself. Della, being quite thin, had mastered this art. Suddenly she turned from the window and stood before the glass. Her eyes were shining brightly, but her face had lost its color. Quickly she pulled down her hair and let it fall to its complete length. The James Dillingham Youngs were very proud of two things which they owned. One thing was Jim's gold watch, which once belonged to his father, and, long ago, it had belonged to his father's father. The other thing was Della's hair. 
If a queen had lived in the rooms near theirs, Della would have washed and dried her hair where the queen could see it. Della knew her hair was more beautiful than any queen's jewels and gifts. If a king had lived in the same house, with all his riches, Jim would have looked at his watch every time they met. Jim knew that no king had anything so valuable. So now Della's beautiful hair fell about her, shining like a falling stream of brown water. It reached below her knee. It almost made itself into a dress for her. And then she put it up on her head again, nervously and quickly. Once she stopped for a moment and stood still while a tear or two ran down her face. She put on her old brown coat. She put on her old brown hat. With the bright light still in her eyes, she moved quickly out the door and down to the street. Where she stopped, the sign said, Mrs. Safroni, hair articles of all kinds. Up to the second floor, Della ran, then stopped to get her breath. Mrs. Safroni, large, too white, cold-eyed, looked at her. Will you buy my hair? Asked Della. I cut hair, said Mrs. Safroni. Take your hat off and let me look at it. Down fell the brown waterfall. Twenty dollars, said Mrs. Safroni, lifting the hair to feel its weight. Give it to me quick, said Della. Oh, and the next two hours seemed to fly. She was going from one shop to another to find a gift for Jim. She found it at last. It surely had been made for Jim and no one else. There was no other like it in any of the shops, and she looked in every shop in the city. It was a gold watch chain, very simply made. Its value was in its rich and pure material. Because it was so plain and simple, you knew that it was very valuable. All good things are like this. It was good enough for the watch. As soon as she saw it, she knew that Jim must have it. It was like him, quietness and value. Jim and the chain both had quietness and value. She paid $21 for it, and she hurried home with the chain and 87 cents. With that chain on his watch, Jim could look at his watch and learn the time anywhere he might be. Though the watch was so fine, it had never had a fine chain. He sometimes took it out and looked at it, only when no one could see him do it. When Della arrived home, her mind quieted a little. She began to think more reasonably. She started to try to cover the sad marks of what she had done. Love and large-hearted giving, when added together, can leave deep marks. It is never easy to cover these marks, dear friends. Never easy. Within 40 minutes, her head looked a little better. With her short hair, she looked wonderfully like a schoolboy. She stood at the looking glass for a long time. If Jim doesn't kill me, before he looks at me a second time, he'll say I look like a girl who sings and dances for money. What could I do? Oh, what could I do with a dollar and 87 cents? At seven, Jim's dinner was ready for him. Jim was never late. Della held the watch chain in her hand and sat near the door where he always entered. Then she heard his step in the hall and her face lost color for a moment. She often said little prayers quietly about simple everyday things. And now she said, Please, God, make him still think I'm pretty. 
The door opened and Jim stepped in. He looked very thin, and he was not smiling. Poor fellow, he was only 22, and with a family to take care of. He needed a new coat, and he had nothing to cover his cold hands. Jim stopped just inside the door. He was as quiet as a hunting dog when it's near a bird. His eyes looked strangely at Della, and there was an expression in them that she could not understand. It filled her with fear. It was not anger, nor surprise, nor anything she had prepared for. He simply looked at her with that strange expression on his face. Della went to him. Jim, dear, don't look at me like that. I had my hair cut off and sold it. I couldn't live through Christmas without giving you a gift. My hair will grow again. You won't care, will you? My hair grows very fast. It's Christmas, Jim. Let's be happy. You don't know what a nice, what a beautiful, nice gift I got for you. You've cut off your hair? Asked Jim slowly. He seemed to labor to understand what had happened. He seemed not to feel sure he knew. Cut it off and sold it. Don't you like me now? I'm me, Jim. I'm the same without my hair. Jim looked around the room. You say your hair's gone? You don't have to look for it. It's sold, I tell you. Sold and gone. It's the night before Christmas, boy. Be good to me. Because I sold it for you. Maybe the hairs of my head could be counted. But no one could ever count my love for you. Jim put his arms around his Della. For ten seconds, let us look in another direction. Eight dollars a week or a million dollars a year. How different are they? Someone may give you an answer, but it will be wrong. The Magi brought valuable gifts, but that was not among them. My meaning will be explained soon. From inside his coat, Jim took something tied in paper. He set it gently upon the table. I want you to understand me, Del. Nothing with a haircut could make me love you any less. But if you'll open that, you'll understand how I felt when I came in. White fingers pulled off the paper, and then a cry of joy, <laughs> and then a change to tears. For there lay the combs, the combs that Della had seen in a shop window and loved for a long time. Beautiful combs, with jewels, perfect for her beautiful hair. She had known they cost too much for her to buy them. She had looked at them without the least hope of ever owning them. And now they were hers, her hair was gone. She held them to her heart. At last she was able to look up and say, My hair grows so fast. And then she jumped up and cried, Oh! Oh! Jim had not yet seen his beautiful gift. She held it out to him in her open hand. <laughs> the gold seemed to shine softly, as if with his own warm and loving spirit. Isn't it perfect, Jim? <laughs> I hunted all over town to find it. You'll have to look at your watch a hundred times a day now. <laughs> Give me your watch. I want to see how they look together. Jim sat down and smiled. 
Della, let's just put our Christmas gifts away and keep them for a while. I sold the watch to get the money to buy the combs. And now... Now I think we should have some dinner. We hope you enjoyed O. Henry's The Gift of the Magi, featuring the acting and technical talents of Tanya Malojevich, Josh Price, Amy Price, and Richard Summers. Audio score music selections composed and performed by D. Young Key and Mystery Mammal, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. Audio theater performance rights, copyright 2017, Captain Radio Productions, all rights reserved. And that's this week's show. Please check for show notes and links at sonicsociety.org. Until next week and the first of a new year and new hopes, may the end of 2022 be a kind and joyous occasion. Hear, hear. I'm Jack Ward. And to all a good week. I'm David Alt, and happy Christmas. Merry Christmas, all. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night.